right now, at this very moment, as I speak, multiplied millions of people around the world are caught up in what the Word of God calls the great falling away or great apostasy. You and I are living in it right now. The collective church and myriad purporting quote-unquote Christians desperately need to be shaken out of its, their, spiritual slumber to the irrefutable reality that we are right now, in the year 2018, in the very midst of the greatest time of apostasy and falling away from the true God and His truth in human history, doctrinal deviation, degeneration, and denigration is a perilous path leading not to genuine unity of the Spirit, as posited by its propagators, but rather disunity with the Holy Spirit. It leads to apostasy, perdition, and ultimately hell itself. Stay tuned as I begin to unpack, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the real truth about the perilous path of doctrinal deviation. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal, affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ is our purpose. Friends, the subject of today's program is one of the most serious and somber topics we could possibly address. Right now, at this very moment, as I speak, multiplied millions of people around the world are caught up in what Jesus himself, along with the New Testament writers, prophesied and predicted would be a great falling away or apostasy. The collective church and myriad individual purporting quote-unquote Christians desperately need to be shaken out of its, their, spiritual lethargy and slumber to the reality that we are right now, in the year 2018, in the very midst of the greatest time of apostasy and falling away in human history from the genuine faith elucidated in the Bible. While the collective church experienced what theologians and church historians have identified as a massive corporate falling away or apostasy during what is known as the Dark Ages, and that certainly was true, 
Nevertheless, the Word of God categorically identifies a great falling away or great apostasy that will transpire in the very last days just prior to the catching up or rapture of the genuine church Jesus is building, which event shall be followed immediately by the revelation and activation, if you will, of the ultimate Antichrist, who will be the devil incarnate and who will orchestrate apocalyptic destructions upon the earth and, quote, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. End quote. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. The revelation or unveiling of the Antichrist has not yet occurred, but it certainly is only moments away on the clock of end times events. The Apostle Paul prophesied of this great falling away or apostasy in 2 Thessalonians 2.3 in his prophetic delineation of the last day's events, wherein referring to, quote, the day of the Lord, end quote, which is the day of the judgment of Christ upon the unbelieving world, he stated, quote, let no one in any way deceive you, for it, that is, the day of the Lord, will not come unless, or until, the apostasy, N-A-S-B, or falling away, it says in the King James Version, comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, meaning the Antichrist, end quote. So he is saying that the great apostasy will precede the revelation of the ultimate Antichrist, who has not yet, in this hour in which we are living, been revealed as the Antichrist, though the man who will one day assume that role as the devil himself comes to possess him is almost certainly alive at this very moment here as I speak. Millions of those claiming to be Christians in America and other nations around the world are really nothing but what could be called senos, Christians in name only. They claim to be worshipers and followers of Jesus, but the quote-unquote Jesus they are worshiping and following is not the Jesus of the Bible the genuine Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God and God the Son, the second member of the Godhead, but rather a counterfeit, a religious idol that is in reality a demon named Jesus, masquerading as the genuine Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 8, 4, the Apostle Paul said, quote, we know that there is no such thing as an idol in the world, end quote, but rather what is behind idols or false objects of worship and veneration is really demons. There is a demonic power and perhaps a 
principality that is being worshipped by multitudes today throughout the world that is not the real Jesus Christ, who was the Word of God made flesh, God in the flesh, born of the Virgin Mary, who cast aside his deity in order to take on the appearance of a man, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 2.8, and humbled himself, even under the point of death, even death on a cross. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you to help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. I'm going to read from Titus 1, 5 through 14. The Apostle Paul says to Titus, For this reason, For this reason, I left you in Crete. Paul said he had a reason for leaving Titus in Crete, that you might set in order what remains. Set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Namely, if any man be it goes on to say, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching. The Bible talks about the teaching. It talks about the teaching of the apostles, the teaching, that he may be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. He's talking about instruction with regard to appointing elders, and that the elders that he appoints must be, first of all, men, elders are to be men, that hold fast to the faithful word of God, which is in accordance with the teaching, the teaching, that he may be able to exhort in sound doctrine, and that he might be able to refute those who contradict sound doctrine. That is the role and the calling of God upon every true elder in the body of Christ. And the reason that he said that Titus must do this is, it goes on to say, for there are many rebellious men, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. So he's saying here many things. One, that the people who teach these kinds of strange doctrines that are not sound doctrine, that are not according to the word of God, Paul, the apostle, says that they are rebellious 
men. They are empty talkers and that they are deceivers and they are teaching things they should not teach and that when they teach these things that they should not teach, they are upsetting whole families. And for that reason, Paul said they needed to be silenced. My goodness, we have that same thing today. And there are many people that are teaching things they should not teach. And Paul said they were doing it for sordid gain. We have the same thing today. They do it for their own self-aggrandizement, their own selfish reason, for sordid gain. Paul said they need to be silenced. And Paul said, for this cause, reprove them. Reprove, reprove, reprove. Correct. That is a calling from God, especially for true, genuine elders. And let me say, in some, that true elders are those who have a fivefold ministry calling upon their life, fivefold ministry anointing upon their life. They are called by God, and they have an anointing from God. He says they must be reproved. If they must be reproved, somebody's got to reprove them. And let me say about this as well as so many other things. Sometimes people say, well, let God do it. Well, the Bible is clear about saying that while Jesus is the head of the church, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. People, born-again Christians, baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ, into the church. We are the body of Christ. You know, the head can't do anything without a body. The head operates through the body. And that's the way it is with all of these kinds of things. There's so many false things that are being said out there about so many subjects. You know, the Bible says clearly Jesus sat down. He ascended into heaven. In fact, there were people there that day who saw him and gave us the testimony that Jesus was taken up in a cloud. And then the Bible says he sat down. Read the end of Mark. It says he sat down at the right hand of God. And then it says even right after that, that he began to work with the apostles, work with them who were obeying what he, the great commission that he gave to the church to go to do. He was working with them after he sat down. He sat down. When somebody sits down, that indicates they're done, they're finished. Not to say that Jesus is not working today. No, he's working more. He said, the works that I do shall ye do also, and even greater works shall you do, because I go unto the Father. If anything's going to get done today that God wants done, it has to be done through people. The Lord has given us authority. He's given us his authority. He's given us his ministry. He's given us his anointing to do the works that he did when he was here for the short time during his fleshly ministry that he was here. But now, the Bible says in so many places, there's just an abundance of scripture that shows this is true. In fact, the end of Ephesians 1 the first chapter of Ephesians, it says that we are the fullness of Christ. Imagine that. We're the fullness of Christ. 
We believers, born-again Christians, we are the fullness of Christ. Why? Because he went to heaven. The Bible says that he's there now making intercession for the saints. Intercession for the saints that they will do what they're called to do, that they'll do what they're supposed to do. And this is one of the things that we are called to do, that Christians are called to do, and especially leaders are called to do, elders, reproof. We don't like that today. Nobody talks about reproof. Nobody talks about correction. But it says reprove or correct. That's what it means. Correct. Folks, we need some correction today. We need a lot of correction to be taking place because there's a lot of nonsense out there that's being taught as coming from God. But it's total nonsense. Balderdash. It's not from God. And he says, reprove them severely. Now, that word is in the Bible. I didn't put it there. It's there. It says, reprove them severely. Why? In order that they may be sound in the faith, it goes on to say. Again, I'm reading from Titus 1, 5 through 14, that they might be sound in the faith. Again, sound doctrine, sound in the faith. There's only one faith, according to the Word of God. There's only one faith. There's only one teaching, and that's the Word of God. Sound doctrine, he said. Not paying attention to Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. Remember the scripture earlier that I read. It said the Apostle Paul is saying that in the last days many will fall away from the faith. Why? Not that they're not paying attention, but they are paying attention. And that's the problem. People are paying attention to the wrong thing. That they are paying attention, but they're paying attention to the wrong thing. And Paul says that they should be severely reproved, that they should be sound in the faith. And to be sound in the faith, you must not be paying attention to Jewish myths, Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. It's amazing. The commandments that God put in the Bible, nobody wants to obey, but they want to obey the commandments of men. And commandments of men, he said, who turn away from the truth. They've turned away from the truth. The truth. Again, there's the truth, the teaching, the doctrine, the sound doctrine, singular. Jesus said, I am the truth. And he's the word of God. If it's not in the word of God, it's not the truth. We need to follow the truth. We need to know the truth. We need to have an understanding of the truth. And when we do, the truth is going to be synchronized, synonymous with, congruous with, in agreement with the word of God. Picking back up, he says, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled, 
and unbelieving. Nothing is pure. But their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him. Oh my! Our deeds prove what we believe. Our deeds are the manifestation of what we believe. They are the outcropping, the outflow, if you will, of what we believe. The Bible says, as a man believeth in his heart, so is he. At any point in your life, you are, your life consists of the sum total of what you believe in your heart. And he says, they profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him. They show that they've denied Him by their deeds, being detestable and disobedient, he says, and worthless, worthless, worthless. My We have a lot of worthless people on this planet today because their deeds show that they have denied God. They have denied Jesus. You know, I don't even know what the term Christian is anymore. People that claim to be Christians, they're just senos. They're Christians in name only. They're not obeying God. Your deeds prove If you're a true Christian, if you've been truly born again, if you've been truly born again, you have Jesus living in you and through you. Not just in you, but through you. He's manifesting His life through you. That's what a true Christian is. Being a true Christian is not living your life. It's dying to your life putting to death the deeds of the flesh, allowing Jesus to live his life through you. Because you're dead. In fact, the Bible says you're hidden in Christ. You're hidden in Christ. You're dead. Your life's dead. You don't want your life to show. When you're a true Christian, you're not living for yourself. It's not about you. It's about you dying. And the more you die, the more Jesus can live his life through you. Oh, my. Oh, my. What truth. And then it ends in this selection of Scripture. It says, but as for you, speaking to Titus and by extension, all ministers, by the way, all elders, all fivefold ministers, all apostles in particular, and especially... He commands, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Stop speaking this nonsense that we have out here today. This stuff that's not according to the Word of God. When you speak... Let God fill your mouth. And when God fills your mouth, he's going to be speaking what's according to his word, 
what's congruous with his word, what's in accord with his word. God is not a man that he should lie. Notice what that says. Only men, people, humans can lie. God's not capable of lying. You have to be a human to be capable of lying. Only humans can lie. But when you're God, the God of the universe, the sovereign God, the almighty God, the only God, he is incapable of lying. God is not a man that he should lie. So we need to speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Indeed, the appearance in Scripture of these instructions to these two younger ministers, meaning Timothy and Titus, has much more significance and purpose than to merely provide the historical record. It's in the Scripture for more than that. It also conveys the solemn charge of God unto every fivefold minister and elder in the church to, quote, as it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study, 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 to show thyself approved. Why do we study the Word of God? In order to show ourselves approved. Unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. A workman. We're a workman. Oh my, I could go into that for a long time. The Bible declares that preachers, teachers, real legitimate ones that have spent their life studying the Word of God, becoming, if you will, practiced theologians by their personal study of the Word of God, not of what somebody else says about the Word of God, but what they have personally read in the Word of God. They formed their theology, their understanding of who God is based on what the Word of God reveals about who God is. Every word, 2 Timothy 3.16, every word in the Word of God is God-breathed. It came from God. And God tells us who He is. In fact, He's the only one capable of revealing who He is, telling us who He is. Only God can tell us. He is God. He's the only one that can tell us who He is. And everything about who God is is found in the Word of God. That's why He gave it to us. Sixty-six books of canonized Scripture he gave us those 66 books to reveal what he wanted to reveal about himself unto man. And the more you understand him by what he has written in the Word of God, the more he will unveil, reveal, elucidate what is in the Word of God concerning who he is. He wants you to know him personally. Not out of some knowledge, some what the Greek calls gnosis. It's not that kind. It's personal, experiential, firsthand knowledge of God. I can talk about George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, 
but I can only talk about those founders of this great country of ours, America, because of what I've read in books that were written by men about them. But I didn't know them personally. I can only know what they have told me and what I have gleaned from reading books about what those people say. But the Word of God presents the God of the universe so that we can know Him personally and we can have a personal relationship with Him. It's that kind of knowing that the Apostle Paul was referring to when he said that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. That I might know Him first-hand knowledge of this great God of the universe, the God who created the universe, the Creator, God Himself. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.